Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 92 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust, Crusaders, Battle in Egypt, episodes 64 through 67, where it's a bird-eat-dog world out there, falcons can definitely dive to the bottom of the Nile River, and JoJo turns into Yu-Gi-Oh! for a second time. Okay, so it turns into Yu-Gi-Oh! for the second time, but it's not... Yu-Gi-Oh! the card game anymore. It's not It's not gonna be that card game anymore. It's definitely going to be that time in Yu-Gi-Oh! where they got sucked into a video game. I don't know if everybody watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! but there's definitely a point where they get sucked into like a video game version of it, um, a la like Hunter x Hunter. Um, so, I mean, get ready guys. We're about to do something super stupid this week. Let's jump in. Did you know that that Yu-Gi-Oh arc is actually a filler arc? Oh my god, of course it fucking is. Hey everybody. (laughs) Yeah, because it takes place, so like, in Yu-Gi-Oh they have this big tournament in the city and then they have the finals of the tournament on the blimp, and there is like a very dangerous big bad that's been built up over time and then they get to the point where they're gonna fight him and they... That is, you know, in the, like, climax of the tournament or whatever. And the climax of the tournament, since it's on a blimp, the blimp has been moving. And it's taking them to, like, end of this arc island. Greed Island? uh, Yeah, it's taking them to Greed Island. But on the way, a, a virtual reality consciousness or something, like, traps them in virtual reality. And they have an entire arc where they have to do like, it's like a full season of the show, which I guess is not actually that strange for a filler arc. Uh, But what is strange and what is maybe a comment on the uh, storytelling quality of Yu-Gi-Oh is that I had no fucking idea that it was different than the rest of Yu-Gi-Oh other than (laughs) the odd placement of an entire new arc with a new antagonist and like new sets of rules (laughs) coming in the middle of the climax of the preceding arc. Um, But also that was like one of my favorite arcs because that's the one where they like um, each, each player has like a, like an avatar card. It's kind of like commander in magic where you have your commander, except that the commander has like special rules that are not connected to their like actual card text that they can use to influence the way that you play the game. And so each player had sort of like their own avatar trump card kind of thing that made the game rules alter very slightly. And I thought that was really cool. And I wished it could have been implemented in the actual card game, but I don't play that game anymore. So I don't care anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh is a, Yu-Gi-Oh is definitely that, that card game that like when you go in to play Magic and then you see people playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you're like, maybe I need to leave the store. <laughs> it's like, it's not a bad game. I used to think that it was a bad game. I do sincerely think it's a worse game than Magic. But that also comes from my sort of complicated interest in game design and, you know, sort of like 
optimal solutions to problems and stuff. And I, you know, I can do a whole thing on why I think that some of Yu-Gi-Oh's design decisions are suboptimal to magic, but they're also trying to solve problems that magic doesn't have or that are born from Yu-Gi-Oh doing things differently than magic. Like it does not have a resource system in the way that magic does. And so they have a sort of semi-resource system simulation built into the rules and all that stuff. Like it's a, it's a fine game and it's still going pretty strong. And, you know, you know, if you play it and you really like it, like that's cool. And as an anime podcast, I don't want to like shit on a, what is actually (laughs) a fairly decent anime adaptation tabletop game. But, uh, yeah, magic is better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, that takes us away from tabletop time with Blake. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna do a, uh, a quick shout out to a couple of people that I've chatted with this week. Um, I, I talked to a couple of people on, uh, on, uh, Twitter, um, that were just talking about more shows that they were interested in us doing. Um, and actually like looked at your notes down there and saw that Dragon Ball Z was on there. And I'm like, I cannot bring myself to want to watch Dragon Ball Z again. Um, yeah. but it was definitely it so suggested. <laughs> Somebody suggested to watch it again. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that, uh, I don't know if, uh, if this person is listening, but we got, uh, another review from case or Sarah, Sarah, um, it, I know it's, it's supposed to be a play on case or Asarab, but, uh, it, it like, I like legitimately like freaked out when we got this, this, uh, this review. And I was, I was very touched that we got somebody that was really excited about the show said that they really liked it. Uh, also fell on the side of, uh, saying if pronouncing the X in Hunter X Hunter is wrong, I don't want to be right. Part. Uh, and I was like, I was like, this might be my favorite review of all time. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it, it was one of those moments where I was just like, you know what? Like if, if you love the show and you're telling your friends about the show, like this is, uh, you know, this is why we do this is because we want to share this with other people and we want other people to like, enjoy, you know, our dumb hangout time over the phone. Yeah. Um, So we do have a Patreon, which if you're interested, you can pitch in, but I don't want to turn this into an ad for the Patreon because, uh, like that is sort of secondary to it. Like we want it to be available to you for free because, uh, it's cool to share things with people and yeah. we want to, we want your Patreon support cause that helps us make the show, but we also want like your reviews or you to talk about it with your friends or to chat with us on Reddit or Twitter or like, we just like interacting with you because that's really gratifying that we have people that have reactions and thoughts to the stuff that we're doing. And it's also fun. Like we do this because we like anime and we like talking about anime and we're friends and we want to hang out in an anime conversation. It gives us a good excuse to talk to each other and keep up with each other and also to watch a lot of anime. But because it's a show that we're putting out, it's also super fun to extend the conversation to you guys and to hear what you think or how you react or the ways that you disagree or when we are too dumb to realize that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure characters are named after musicians and stuff like that. (laughs) So that's awesome. And this review is really cool. It's a great review. It was very flattering, which doesn't hurt. Um, But it was cool because it was like, yeah, I think the Hunter x Hunter thing where they were like, I pronounced the X too. And it was nice to hear that like, 
that's funny because it's like kind of a running joke on our show, but also it's cool that like we were able to kind of connect with that person in that fairly innocuous way. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into these episodes this week. Um, just, just as like a, a heads up for, um, for anybody listening, we are rapidly approaching the end of our JoJo's coverage. Yes. Um, so if you are ready, uh, to, to pull out your voting pens, um, or your voting mice, I guess, because the plural of like a computer mouse is mice, I assume, um, uh, to vote on it, we will put up the the uh, the the voting mechanism on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook, and I guess I'll post to it on Instagram somehow. Um, yeah, if we can. I, I think you. I think you can. But we made a poll last time, and it it's yeah. like a Google poll, so I think you have to log into your Google account or something because it. Yeah. I think it prevents you from voting more than once, which is good because that can be a challenge in online polls um, mm-hmm. is like people that are super motivated can get, you know, can put in too many votes. So uh, the, we have not decided on the final list of shows that you'll be voting on. So if you want to suggest a show to us, we will take that into consideration. When and then we, we will put that in, list. in three. So we're only going to be doing three this time. So you're only going to be able to vote between three different things um, wow. right now. Right then, now, the the biggest contender right now is Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to be on the list. There is no question about that. Uh, I think the other two slots are probably up for debate, and we will have that debate amongst ourselves based off of the shows that we have had suggested to us. So uh, get your suggestions in if you have them. Um, we will let you know once that is available. It'll be available for about a month. Will you? Uh, I think we'll try to make it available around the time that the last JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episode shows up. And that yeah. way you will have an entire month to vote on it before we, you know, we will. I guess it'll give you, you won't be able to vote on it. Uh, you'll, you'll have three weeks because the final week we'll have to have picked it so that we know what to do for our, pre, our next time. Um, but importantly, I looked at the, I looked at the episodes, so I was, uh, surprised that the episodes of JoJo's today end on a kind of unexpected cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that is just because of the, the way that the show's episode naming convention has been broken up. So, the, uh, especially this arc, I don't remember if it was true for parts one and two, but for Stardust Crusaders, pretty much every episode has been part one or part two. And uh, that's how these episodes are. And then the next episodes, after the ones we're covering today, start a three-part cycle. And it turns out that that three-part cycle is the finale of what were the second of our two-parters that we're covering today. And I was surprised by this and caught off guard because I based it around the episode titles not having actually seen the show. And I did not read the synopses to see if I was throwing arcs together because it's never been a problem before. So we will have a cliffhanger today. And then I did look ahead and we will have two more JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episodes of our show after this one. So we will have that three-part episode will be a standalone section of story. And then there is a four-episode finish to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And after that, we will be doing a different show. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, previously on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, dumb shit happened. That's um, always true. 
muscle-clad idiots ran through Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, that is the summary. Yeah. So um, JoJo's bizarre adventure is um, it's uh, it's an anthology se- series, so it's a little different each time. So we I mentioned part one and part two earlier. Um, this is part three and the protagonist is like the great or great, great grandson of the original protagonist. He is the grandson of the previous parts protagonist. And, uh, the plot of the show is sort of loosely connected to previous arcs. In fact, part, part, uh, part three's plot, I think is maybe a little more connected to the previous arcs because it involves part two's protagonist, as a you know now as a grandfather is one of the protagonists here and part one's antagonist has returned so there are these things called stands they are basically a sort of avatar manifestation of your anime fighting energy and they can do different things they actually can do a wide variety of things they are not all battle oriented and um, stands have started popping up at a higher rate in part three because what we have started to assume is that um, the villain from part one, he is this guy named Dio. He became an immortal vampire in part one and then uh, killed the original um, part one protagonist, or I guess was buried with the original protagonist who died as a result of it because he was not immortal. So the immortal antagonist Dio took his uh, severed head, his own severed head, and attached it to the body of part one protagonist Jojo and uh, has been fished up from the bottom of the ocean after waiting for a really, really long time. He is now going to try and get his revenge on the progeny, which uh, leads us to our hero, Jotaro Kujo, who, of course, like all of Jojo's protagonists, goes by Jojo. So Jotaro is a high school student. He's the strong, silent type. His grandfather, Joseph Joestar, was the protagonist of part two. He has returned here. Uh, They have um, two high school-aged friends that they've made on their journey. One guy is a Frenchman with a flat top named Polnareff, and the other guy is a uh, sort of pink-haired dude named Kakuin. And then Joseph brought along his own friend, this dude named Avdol, and later on introduced the final member of their party, a dog named Iggy. Um, they are all stand users, including the dog. Um, Joseph's stand is really fast puncher. Joseph's, or sorry, Jotaro's stand is really fast puncher star platinum. Joseph has hermit purple, which is like thorny vines that can tell the future. Polnareff has a silver chariot, which is a super fast swordsman. Avdol has a magician's red, which is a bird-headed man that controls fire. And Kakyoin has a hierophant green, which is kind of a slithery, humanoid-ish kind of shape-shifting dude that can also shoot diamonds out like machine guns. And then Iggy, uh, what is his? His is called the Fool, and it's... Mm -hmm basically a monster made out of sand um they have been fighting through a pretty much endless horde of enemy stand users 
who have all been sent to kill them and stop them from getting to Dio in the middle of Egypt. They are now in Egypt, specifically, I think, Cairo, and they are making their way to Dio's mansion. They have just received information on uh, what it looks like, and they're going to try and find somebody who knows where it is based off of the picture they have so that they can find Dio and end this shit, which picks up at JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, episodes 64 and 65. Okay, these episodes are called The Guardian of Hell Pet Shop, part one and part two. Um, This episode is going to start out with one of the funniest visual gags I've seen on the show yet, uh, where Polnareff is going to sit down next to a uh, sit down and he's going to be like, oh, we're never going to find this uh, this this mansion in the middle of Cairo. And then this homeless guy is going to sit down next to him. And then he's going to get a little bit too close to Polnareff, and he's like, oh, and he kind of scoots away from him. And then the guy scoots next to him, and so Polnareff, like, scoots really fast away from him, and he scoots really fast after him. And afterwards, he's like, stop following me! <laughs> so I love it. Out I, the- I, I left legitimately hard at this. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every once in a while with JoJo's Bizarre yeah. Adventure, where it's actually funny. Yeah. So this guy turns out to be a hobo and there's some sort of like hobo association where they mark out their own territory and they like it's it's almost like a union of hobos where they like mm-hmm. pay into it and then they in exchange get a territory that is explicitly theirs and which they work and no one else is allowed to work. Mm-hmm. And uh it's actually kind of an interesting idea. <laughs> like they have their zones and they get to work it and there is like protection for them having that. And one of the other members is like this way they, there is organization and it kind of keeps everybody knowing what they're up to instead of descending into like chaos and fighting for territory. And I kind of liked that actually. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Honestly, Um, they are just kind of lamenting and they pay this homeless person who turns out to be super wealthy and drives a really nice car. Um, He's, he kind of like wears the same suit as like, the character pimp made slip back from the Chappelle show. Um, and, uh, he, he rides off in his caddy in Cairo. Um, and he's like, I can definitely find this place for you. And they're like, okay. And then old Joseph is just like, yeah, he's good at finding things. You got to trust the hobos. No, Avdol says that. Yeah. (laughs) Cause Avdol knows him from Avdol was a fortune teller in Egypt. And then, left to join this quest, which has led them back to Egypt. So, you know, that's the story. (laughs) It was supposed to be a much shorter trip, but then they couldn't fly and a lot of stuff happened. So that the hobo dude is going to head off to find this mansion in the picture. Um, Iggy, the dog happens to be right around said mansion. And, Iggy's thing is like he's his character traits are basically whatever a dog does. He kind of does the opposite. Um, Like dogs are known to be really friendly and sociable and want to hang out with people. Iggy is not friendly, is not sociable and does not want to hang out with people. And so he's kind of fucking off to do his own thing all the time. That's what he's up to. He happens to be right in front of uh, Dio's mansion. Um, The hobo dude arrives and is like, I found it, and in less time than I expected. And then Iggy is going to see this dude get completely killed by a giant pillar of ice because there is a falcon guarding the um, 
guarding the mansion, and similar to Iggy, it is an animal that has developed sand powers and is now killing anything that comes near the mansion. Yeah. So this character is going to be like this badass falcon who he completely murders two dogs and like rips them underneath this, uh, underneath this like fence area. Yeah. He murders. Yeah. It was very upsetting. And then a little boy whose dogs were out there were just like, he's like, Oh my God, my dogs, where are they? They must be over here next to this gate covered in blood. Oh yes. There's that yeah, to he, one of the dogs. he gets the call. He gets the collar and he looks underneath, and the bird is horribly eating like the heads of these dogs. It's really, really upsetting. Yeah, um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure has this thing where it its violence is intentionally overblown. Like it, it sort of purposefully goes way over the top with how much blood and how much violence and injuries tend to be really bad and really gruesome and they really focus on it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think part of the charm of the show that Spencer and I just don't resonate with is the, just the part of the fun for people that like it seems to be the fact that it is so over the top. Like the comedy is not just stupid. It's really stupid. The violence is not just violent. It's super violent. And like, so mm-hmm. this is kind of part of that. And it just doesn't work for us. Also, this bird's yeah. name is Pet Shop. Can yeah. we talk about that? Like, what, so, what kind of name is that? Well, it's the name of a song called Pet Shop. So it's also the that's... name of a group called the Pet Shop Boys. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, let's hit it over the head a lot, I guess. I, I, I don't was know. really excited because I thought this was going to be some sort of like bottle episode in a like evil pet shop. And uh, it's not. It's about a bird. I mean, I do like yeah. the. I tend to respond really well to elemental powers, particularly ones based around ice and electricity. And the bird has cool ice powers. And so I did like that. But his name is dumb. Yeah. So this is this episode is going to have like a, a it's going to spend a very long time uh, battling between Iggy and this Falcon. It's actually pretty intense and interesting to watch. Um, they also have Iggy talk to you and he talks out loud at some point and sometimes they're like it's Iggy inside of his head but then Iggy's moving his mouth and talking and at some point he like tries to ward this boy off and you hear him just like barking angrily at him and I'm like I think that's a nice touch but yeah. the other things that are going to happen in this he episode happen people yeah so um Iggy Iggy is going to try to um, play dumb at this Falcon. The Falcon is just not really interested in him. He flies off. And then um, and then uh, the boy starts to wander up, and he almost gets murdered by the Falcon. And Iggy says, like, I don't care about this boy. I don't care if he dies. And then he, like, comes back to save him because he is nothing if not a hypocrite. Um, so, um so anyways, Iggy is going to um, get into a fight with this Falcon. It's going to be really interesting to watch. It's like the the Falcon can shoot ice 
like big bolts of ice that are like shaped like giant icicles. He can also like freeze the ground around you. And at one point he like freezes Iggy paws in place and Iggy like rips off the bottom of his like paws. And he like, he, as like the bird's about to kill him, he like notices the bird. It looks like the edges of his mouth go up a little bit. And he's just like, Number one, shouldn't he not be able to do that with a beak? But it looks like he is smiling at me. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, there's also a part where, like, he's like, the boy talks to Iggy, and he's like, what are you, an idiot? I'm a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, this is maybe one of my favorite episodes. There were... A lot of things, particularly the violence uh, at the beginning that I didn't like, but for the most part, like, the thing that I like about anime, I really tend to like shounen anime, and what I want is cool fights between two characters, you know, I guess two or more characters that have two, that have cool powers, that use them in clever ways, and sort of top each other until there's a victor, and this is mostly that. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never super cool. Like, the focus is less on how cool the powers are and more on uh, how uh, hard it is to get away from, which is cool, but not as cool. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of shallow here when it comes to this. It also feels really cartoony at some point, just because, like, these two characters are animals and they kind of play it almost as if it's, like, Looney Tunes style. So, like,. Okay, so Iggy gets away, his paws are hurt, but he's okay, and then the bird finds him, and then he escapes from the bird by going into a sewer, and then the bird is just inexplicably there in the sewer. And yeah, uh, I don't know how the bird got there, because the manhole cover was on the top of the, um, the like, where, where Iggy came down, like the sewer tunnel, the manhole cover was there. I know and, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but he has there's like also powers, so I understand how he could get down it. But I don't yeah. know how the bird did. Yeah, so this is not the then, worst thing that the bird will do. Yeah, then the bird is gonna like freeze the wall, and then the it like catches Iggy's paw, and Iggy has to literally cut off his own foot in order to get away. And he swims away inside of the like the the sewer water and like goes underneath uh, the water and he goes out into a drainage pipe and then he's hiding under the water with like these two um these two like pipe things that he's built out of his sand powers that go up to the top of the water so that he can escape. And the bird flies down into the water and like starts shooting ice bullets at Iggy, who he has found inexplicably again. Also, they're going to give, like, the most hand-wavy explanation of, like, why birds can go underwater, where they're just, like, they have these air sacs, and it makes it fine that they can breathe underwater. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make them swim super fast. Yeah, I have never heard of these air sacs. I I totally buy it, uh, but I've never heard of them, so small grain of salt, but Basically, the idea is that in addition to their lungs, birds have these little air sacs where they can store air in order to allow them to fly very high into places where the air gets really thin and they wouldn't be able to breathe if they didn't have these air sacs. Um, So it gives them sort of like an extra reserve of air. 
Um, I also know that there are some birds, like an, like ospreys are a type of uh, falcon that can dive underwater. Uh, bald eagles also fish. I don't know if they go underwater a lot. I think they snatch from the top of the water, but there are birds that are designed to hunt in the water, and some of them can dive into the water and come out of it. Seagulls are also able to do this. Uh, but they also talk earlier about how falcons can fly at really high speeds, and that's true for certain types of falcons. They they have this whole thing about how how, how fast falcons are earlier in the episode, and they talk about how no other animal is faster. And one, I don't think that's true. I think the fastest animal alive right now is a sailfish. So uh, the sailfish, I think, is the fastest. I think the second fastest is a peregrine falcon, specifically in a dive. And they're talking about how fast this animal can be in a dive. So to me, they're suggesting that this falcon is a peregrine falcon, which it has the right coloring for. A peregrine falcon is not one of those water animals. It shouldn't be able to safely or comfortably dive into the water, certainly not move itself around or stay under the water very well. But then it gets weirder because so the it's got these ice powers and Iggy tries to like bat it away with his, you know, his earth powers. It doesn't really work. The ice starts to um, form around this like earth dome that he's made to protect himself. And it's trying to crush the dome. Iggy is like, so, I'm going to be crushed. So, so I'm going to burrow away. Iggy is going to burrow with his hurt paw on his regular paw. And he finds a hole under the ground. And in that hole is the bird. Yes. Which inexplicably like opens its mouth to like shoot out an ice bullet. And Iggy flies forward and bites his like beard beak down. And it makes his head explode. And yeah. that is how Pet Shop is killed. Yeah, the the fight is good. The end of the fight is hand wavy. It uh, is so cartoony. It is how like, did the bird dig its own tunnel? I know it doesn't make fast. any sense. Iggy is clearly and explicitly better with Earth because his powers are based around it. This is a bird with ice powers. How did this happen? Also, it is <laughs> hilariously similar to that joke in One Punch Man where the mole <laughs> is burrowing away from Saitama and then he's just there and his <laughs> face appears and that almost exactly happens here. Uh, which really took a lot of the wind out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, just, anyways. it's a perfectly fine fight. It's a perfectly passable two episodes the beginning violence before the fight starts is a little much and it's really hard to watch and the end of the fight is a definite hand wave but the fight in the middle is fine yeah so there there's there's a pretty interesting uh, couple of moments that happen at the very end too where the little boy who iggy saved earlier ends up saving him and giving him uh giving him a, a little bit of like patching up and then the other thing that is going to happen in this episode that we didn't talk about before, but it's also very important, is that Kakuin is going to come back from getting his eyes cut out, um, and he has been fixed up, and Iggy is going to catch up with them, and he is going to be like, uh, follow me to this mansion where they see the... A uh, homeless person uh, with his car has been smashed, and they're like, "Oh God, he must be dead. I shouldn't have sent him that way." And they're also gonna notice that it's uh, that it's 
you know, the mansion from the photo and they're going to go up to this mansion, which is now open. And in that mansion, we're going to have our next character, which is going to be from episode 66 and 67 Darby, the player part one and part two. And you might be thinking to yourself, man, I wonder if this is Darby, the same Darby. No, it's not. It is Darby, the younger Darby, the senior was the one that got murdered before, not really murdered, but driven insane from gambling before. I think he died. Um, I think, I think he died. They didn't kill him exactly, but they, I think he died. Darby, the younger specifically actually says that he ruined him. He didn't kill him, but he ruined him. So I'm assuming that he went mad. Um, so this Darby has inexplicably a ridiculous, like big giant thing on top of his head. And a metal center of his face, which also makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's like some sort of facial jewelry or something, but it's, I mean, it's anime and there's always weird shit in people's design, but like this is particularly surprising. Yeah. So this this episode, it these two episodes are interesting, but I I was sort of looking through the notes and I was like, man, these episodes are actually really plot light when you break them down. They because are very like, plot light. <laughs> yeah. So these episodes really three things are going to happen in the entire three episodes. The first thing that is going to happen is that, uh, he is going to predict Joe's, uh, Joe Taro's attack and bet on it. And then when Joe, uh, Joe, Taro swings in to punch him with star platinum. His stand is going to grab it and suck himself, Jojo senior and Kakuin into a shadow realm. Um, let's just call it a shadow realm. Cause it's Yu-Gi-Oh. How did I not notice this? Yeah. So in the shadow realm, uh, they are going to be forced to play video games with Darby, the junior, but not before being shown his weird, creepy collection of dolls. <laughs> yeah, you might remember that the original or the the first Darby that we met, the older brother, he would uh, bet with people, and when they lost, he would capture their souls and turn them into poker chips. This Which guy makes sense. does the same thing, except that he turns them into horrifying dolls. Which doesn't make sense. <laughs> Hi, my name's Meredith. Are you my mother? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It just reminds me of that episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they go into the doll room and he's that like, oh my god. it's what I was quoting just now. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, He's like, oh, it's so much, so many more dolls than I expected. Okay, let me put my clothes away. He opens the closet. It's full of more dolls. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, that, we were, so Pete and I were watching that and we both when he fucking picks up the doll and does the Meredith line, we laughed so hard that we both were in tears and we had to roll it back like five times before we were able to make it through without having yeah. to stop from laughing so hard. God, that show oh, is man. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. So it's, much better like, than this show. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so after re revealing his creepy dolls, he tells them that they have to play his game. And the reasoning why is because he left one of the hands of his stand on Jotaro's arm when he grabbed him earlier and it's under his skin and he's going to break Jotaro's arm unless he plays the game. So Kakuin is just like, I played a lot of video games, so I'm going to play you in this racing game that I'm really good at. And then, uh, they have this racing battle. Um, it, it really, 
it really, really is just them racing in a racing game. It doesn't and make it, any goddamn sense, though, because the, the cars have energy. Yep. And the cars can, like, spin out and shit. But it's not it's not Mario Kart. Like, yeah, which would so, make a little sense. Like, they're just racing cars. And, it, and they are they're kind of like um, they're like the long. It's not like, like NASCAR. Dragsters. Huh? Drag racers. Yeah, they're kind of like dragsters or like the um, the like uh, the other kind uh, of racing car. You know what I mean? Formula one. Formula cars. Um, They're really similar to that. And the track that they're racing on is a goddamn straight path (laughs) with a few turns. Yeah. That just falls into a void. (laughs) Every time they cut to you watching from the outside, it is the most boring video game ever to watch. Every time they cut into the video game as if they're like playing inside of the video game, it looks kind of cooler, but it's still dumb. And then there's a there's a couple of back and forths. It, it's a race. If you wanted a race, don't watch this show um, because they're not good at explaining it and they're not good at showing it. Um, it's not a it's, good race. It, yeah, the, the rules really, are ill defined. Yeah, like one of like at the beginning, they they kind of shit the bed at the very beginning because the uh, Darby he uses his stand to like push a button really fast before go which is often a fairly common technique for getting an early boost. Kakuin realizes this. He then does get a boost, and then Kakuin immediately catches up to him with no consequences. Yeah, and like, then Kakuin uses, like, a spin-out technique to, like, knock him. It's it's dumb. Kakuin it, loses yeah. the race, you guys. Um, that's all you really need to know. Through he actually doesn't. convenience, honestly. Yeah, like, so... They didn't want to show anymore or animate any more of this race, so instead they're just like, Kakui knew that he lost, so he lost his soul. You remember that time that happened before? It's going to happen again. Whatever. Yeah. Let's go to the next fight, uh, um, which is jo- Jotaro versus the same guy in a baseball game. Also, side note, the racing thing was even worse to watch because we recently watched Redline, which is great. Yeah. And is really good racing, and this is just... The race itself is really boring, and it has really specific rules that don't make logical sense, are not intuitive, and are not explained. It's yeah. just, it's not good. So, then there's going to be the baseball game between Jotaro and Darby. So, what's going to happen inside of this baseball game is that Jotaro is going to be uh, yelled at by his grandfather, and I assumed at some point his grandfather was going to pull out a belt, um, because he was just screaming at him the whole time. Um, and, uh, basically no, what he's he, saying, you make Jotaro go get the belt. Cause that's worse. Yeah, Cause the, he you needs add to go emotional pick his own torture. Switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what happens is Jotaro is, is saying that he is no, he's, he's never played this game before, but he figures out how to play the game really fast and he hits a couple of home runs. And then Darby is going to get inside of his head by saying that he can predict his moves, which Jotaro always falls for. And Jotaro ends up getting freaked out by this. Then he starts calling, uh, he starts not being able to pitch to Darby's character who hits a bunch of home runs and is almost, it's like four to three, and then Jotaro's like, I'm going to say my pitches out loud. And then that's the cliffhanger that we leave on yeah, at the end of the episode. It's kind of episodes. ironic because uh, Jojo, Grandpa Jojo, used to, his whole thing in part two was that he would predict what people were going to do or say and yeah. get into their heads. And now that's like the weakness of Jotaro. 
which yeah. is like, it's fine. I, you know, that's, it's not a bad narrative tool. It's just not used explicitly in that context and therefore not used well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there's, they kind of suspect that Darby's stand is somehow able to read their minds. Yeah. Jotaro uh, puts his hat in between them so that he's worried that like the dude is, you know, seeing the reflection of Jojo's screen off of Jojo's eyes. And that doesn't seem to be the case. I suspect based on the way that the show has played out before that it will not be mind control or at least not straightforward mind control. It's probably like hypnotic suggestion or something like that, but uh, we won't find out until next time. And neither of us have seen the episode. So we sincerely don't know there. The next time it is a three parter, and I'm assuming that the three-parter is the finale of this confrontation, but I can't imagine that entire thing being this baseball video game. So <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Also, the title includes the, the phrase Vanilla Ice. So I don't know what we're about to get into, but I'm kind of excited. And I also am prepared for inevitable disappointment. Yeah, nervously optimistic. Um, So stick with us and uh, we will talk about what's happening next time after these messages. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey... Thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 88 through 92. Learn to count from a fat baby fairy. Oh. That's uh, Hunter x Hunter. Uh, All right. (laughs)